Hi, Stephen. Hi, Erica. I yawned. I know, because we just watched two uh, Doctor episodes. Yeah, and now it's just past midnight. I know. Um, episodes five and six of the Daleks, the mm-hmm. Expedition, Expedition, and the Ordeal. Yeah. Um, I, I, I made us watch two in a row. Yeah, well, I was I was actually riveted, and I was really excited to watch a second one. But in retrospect, I think maybe it would have been smarter to stop after that because I I'm way sleepy. Well, I know we're sleepy, but I find that um, the last three episodes of the Daleks are often looked upon with a little less enthusiasm as the first four. Um, perhaps because things sort of take a while to get going and just. They hang around in a cavern and such. And I thought, I thought episode five actually kind of um, rattled along and didn't quite get uh, anywhere. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I, well? I don't care if stuff is getting anywhere right. as long as it's rattling along. Seriously, I think episode five for me mm-hmm. went the fastest of it any did. of them. It really did. I mean, it ended, and I was like, "That's it, it's done." Mm-hmm. So that was kind of why I wanted to just jump into episode six because I just I wanted more. So, I mean, for me. I guess I'm not necessarily looking at it from a story structural perspective. I'm just looking at it from an entertainment perspective. Mm. Am I enjoying it? And is it moving along? And am I excited for the next episode? Uh, in which case, I say the expedition was a, a, a big thumbs up. Yeah, that's the one where that poor guy gets um, gets sucked into the whirlpool. Ooh, that was a neat effect. That was another one of those little uh, film insert effects, I mm-hmm. think, is what they're doing. They did that. There was another one in the ordeal, I think, with the cavern. Where they had that, too. There's been a few neat little mm-hmm. visual effects here in the early days of Doctor Who. Yep. And, I mean, not even just visual effects, but there's there's some cool camera work and camera motion. At the very beginning of the expedition, the camera pans across the faces of the Doctor and Susan and Ian and Barbara. I think in the reverse order, actually, of what I just said. Yeah. And it's like all close-ups across their faces. And it's not perfect, but for, for the time and for the size of those enormous cameras they mm-hmm. had, that was really impressive. And then in... That was from the cliffhanger of episode four, by the way. Okay. It's replayed in, but anyway, yeah. Yes, dear. Amy. <laughs> um, and then in the ordeal, when they're trying to jump across the, uh, the cliff, you get one really nice low camera shot looking through somebody's legs yep. across the gap over to Ian. I was like, man, that's some, that's, I mean, that one was directed by Richard Martin, who is, is he the one that's, that's known for being not such a great director? He has his moments, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Okay. Cause I mean, I can, it, episode six definitely didn't chug along the way the rest of them have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I appreciated that little that little touch there. Yeah, there's some stories later on in his Who career that I think are, are a little less well directed than than his, his Dalek episodes are here. Um, I I thought it was, <laughs> you know, I mean, you say well directed. It's um, it, it's fun watching old shows like this. This was Doctor Who was made in in what was called Lime Grove Studios, which was like archaic even in the early '60s, um, which says a lot about a TV studio that's Yeesh. archaic. But it was also very small, and it was like sort of like rectangular. It wasn't like big giant square studio. And and the way that Doctor Who was made back then, they had to have, you know, a few. They only had space for so many sets at mm-hmm. one time in the studio for that episode that week. So they had to be creative with like you know that camera that's shooting through the legs. They sort of have mm-hmm. to have, you know, the cameras have to be basically able to cover all the the you know the breadth of all the sets. 
and the ca- and the cables couldn't cross either because you know it's like a live play almost. You can't have camera two mm. cross over camera one because it's going to be needed over here again. So it was like a very carefully orchestrated ballet. Some of wow. these studio recordings back then, which I I find neat. So when you find you know you see like a one of those little low angle shots, you think like that takes a lot of work to get the thing down there. So mm-hmm. you have to think that probably that probably ties up one of the four or five cameras that they might have had um, at their disposal. Wow. Mm-hmm. Speaking of choreographed ballet, I have to, I'm impressed with the movement of the Daleks. It's just that I don't know what yeah. I expected, but I think, I think I thought that way back when that the Daleks would be clunky and that they wouldn't move very smoothly. I mean, they are just like vroom across the floor. Yeah. And I forgot to mention um, yes. on the last episode that we did when they, uh, when they were planning their little ambush, um, there was there was one moment where all four, I think, three or four Daleks yep. all move backwards back into their hiding places at the same time, cool. completely synchronized. That was just awesome. And there was some some cool Dalek movement in this one as well. I particularly liked when the little ticker tape was coming out of the uh, <laughs> coming out of the uh-huh. machine. One Dalek comes over and like uses its plunger to sort of lift it up and, and read it, and then. An- which I thought was cool. I was excited by that. Then a second Dalek comes over and like uses his plunger to grab it and take it out of the yeah. plunger hand of the first Dalek. Like they passed it off and then he moved. I was just, I was very impressed. Credit to the guys inside. Yes. I don't think it was John Scott Martin yet, but it was, he's he, a guy called John Scott Martin did was in the Dalek from, I think the chase in 65 all the way into the end of 1988. Um, but, yeah, those, I mean, the great thing is, too, is that I think this ep- this story is the only one. If you notice the eye there, when you know, the one Dalek's bugging out because he's on drugs mm-hmm. and stuff. Yes. And his iris is going yes. in and out. Mm-hmm. That's the only time they've had that is in was in this. From here on in, it's just a static. Oh, so not only are the Daleks having to, like, they're basically sitting inside. Mm-hmm. One hand is operating the gun. The other's ha- operating the plunger, which, mm-hmm. of course, goes in and out. Right. Then you've got the eye stalk. Um, oh. as well that you're moving around, but then also that little zoom feature. And then, of course, they had to know the dialogue so they could flash the lights on top of their heads oh as well. Oh, my God. So one operator was doing this. Nowadays, when they make the show, the lights are radio-controlled from another guy, and I think there's another part that's also... So the dialogue operator has less to do nowadays than they did back in those days. So when you... You know, note their their uh, choreography, uh, choreography, choreography, choreography. <laughs> I started that word it's, and I didn't know. How it's to after midnight. It. It's twelve ten right now. It's even more impressive though, <laughs> because they, you know, that's 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 a week's worth of rehearsal that you're looking at there. You know, holy cats! Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Speaking mm. of the uh, Dalek that's bugging out on drugs. Yeah. That was, that was, I mean, not counting the uh, new series episode Dalek, I think that's the sorriest I have ever felt for a Dalek, because it was, like, even his little voice, it was just this plaintive little Dalek voice, I just, oh, my little heart broke. Yeah, Um, it's, it's, it's funny, because this, um, this episode, uh, story probably makes more out of the fact that they are creatures inside. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in later stories, they almost kind of ignore that, and they just sort of treat them like robots, and later on, they actually call them robots. Yeah, I know. Let's uh, forget about that. I know. Oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Things change. Mm-hmm. But here, I mean, the, you know, you see the creature at the end of episode three, and then they, you mm-hmm. can just tell that they're just actual creatures who are dependent on radiation and need to, 
mm-hmm. flood the earth with radiation. And so you, you get a sense that they're, I wouldn't say you get, you feel sympathy for them, but no. you, you understand them a little more than, than perhaps in future episodes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the future, they just, they're kind of very kill, kill, kill. Mm-hmm. And here it's, it, at least you see them um, trying for survival, yep. which is something that I, at least not that I can, I can't remember that happening a whole lot later. It's usually like they're just trying to conquer. Mm-hmm. This isn't conquering. This is just continuing. It is. It's kind of like Cybermen. Mm-hmm. Cybermen get to be that. They're always trying to survive. That's true. Yeah. Um, I have to. I have to point out. I don't like doing this because it's you know sixties Doctor Who, but there are some some of the limitations can be seen in, in some of the Dalek scenes. You can see the photographic blow up Daleks in the background. I did not notice. Oh that at all. wow. Okay. Good. Um, and in the ordeal, I thought it was it was kind of funny because you know you can hear them um, going up against the the rock wall, and you can mm-hmm. kind of tell that it's like styrofoam or or jabalite as they called mm. it. Uh, but it, a couple occasions, <laughs> William Russell who plays Ian accidentally tears a chunk of the rock <laughs> off the wall. Do you see that? Like when when uh, mm, when no. Barbara and he are are sort of going over, and they <laughs> and so there's this big white chunk. Oh, I didn't. It's in the middle. I didn't notice that yeah. at all. Speaking of Ian and Barbara, mm-hmm. um, I think there's a subtle thing going on here because you can tell that um, that Ganetus is that his Gan- name? I think so. Yeah, um, the blonde hair. Well, yeah. they're all blonde. They're hair. all blonde. <laughs> um, he is sort of taking a bit of a shine. Totally, to Barbara. There's some abs. There's definitely some flirting going on on both sides. I would say she's not. She's not necessarily playing hard to get. No, but then you know, as they jump across the, mm-hmm. you know, as Barbara jumps across the ca- uh, the the, the um, chasm, mm-hmm. you can tell that you know her and Ian sort of like you know. Oh yeah, she like falls right into his arms. Yep, and they're they're like mm-hmm. you know there there's a lot of of she doesn't just there. fall into his arms like she falls into his arms and then stays there. Like yeah. there's, it's it's not like he's catching her. It's like she's using him for emotional support as well as physical. Mm-hmm. It's very subtly played, mm-hmm. and Ian doesn't doesn't like. I remember when um, uh, when they're sort of talking around, like trying to hash out a plan as to what to do to to break into the Dalek city, and and he sort of says, "I, I realized when I was talking to Barbara last night," and I, he's almost like to say, "Oh, I was up with Barbara last night," you yeah. know. And I was looking, right. I was looking at Ian, but he didn't, he didn't, mm-hmm. his reaction was, wasn't there. And I thought perhaps he was like, Ooh, you know, mm-hmm. if this was made today, there'd oh, be yeah. a cut to a close up of, you know, you know, jealous all of mm-hmm. a sudden. But, um, but this was definitely not made today. No. Um, that, I think that became the most clear to me during the doctor scenes. Mm-hmm. That was when this most felt like a children's television program. How so? The way that the doctor, um, you know, there's a lot of you know figuring out the plan, mm-hmm. and and it just his it it seems so clear to me that William Hartnell is playing to the kiddies, yeah. like the way that he explains things. And I mean, yeah, it is written like a kids' show. They're not going into great detail about the plan. Like they draw four lines on a map and say, "You go this way, and I'll go that way." Right. And that's that's their great plan, which is which is fine because you know they've mm-hmm. got 23 minute episodes, and it is it is for kids. But it seemed just kind of simplified, and then. And then you get also the the doctor being uh, once they're in the city, just like smashing the crap out of that. Uh, <laughs> I love that board. one little moment there where he smashes the glass mm-hmm. and then sort of looks he up. He looks, yeah. He just some hmm, see what I did there. Yep. <laughs> looks for a brief second of approval and then gets back to you work. You know, he seems so childlike in mm-hmm. this. You know, 
earlier I was saying in the last story that he's, you know, a petulant sort of, you know, stroppy kid and I feel like he's still just being a kid but now he's being the kid with like the devilish little gleam in his eye because he gets to do he knows he's getting away with something that normally you're not supposed to do Mm -hmm. normally you're not supposed to smash up somebody else's equipment but because it's all in the service of getting them the heck off this planet he gets to and he he (laughs) relishes the the bejesus out of it isn't it great (laughs) I don't know if I'd say it's great really I'm still this is better Oh, yeah, I like I like this a little bit better, but it's I don't know. I guess I still need to see more uh, more first Doctor. That's true. We are are only literally ten episodes into um, mm-hmm. Doctor Who here, so yep. you know it takes a while. But I I thought it was great. I, I quite like William Hartnell in this, and and you 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 get the first instances of of where he's you know kind of tied to Susan at this point mm-hmm. in the show because he can't you know Susan doesn't want to go anywhere without her, her grandfather and so and she doesn't she doesn't do the action scenes like Barbara and Ian would right so she doesn't even let him stand up without freaking out it, Grandpa, sit down. exactly it's funny you know it, <laughs> he must be annoyed because because <laughs> you know she tells him grandpa sit down and then um uh Temesis, not Temesis, Aladon um you know, it's like, oh, okay, stay here. I'll come back and get you. Everything will be all right. And then he goes, oh, dear, 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 that young man. You know, he gets very high strung or something <laughs> like that. So, you know, everyone around him is worrying far too much, um, <laughs> which is which is fun. I like I like that he's, he doesn't worry nearly as much as anyone well, around him does. Well, uh, maybe he should have because then yeah. he and Susan got captured. So, mm-hmm. see, again, childlike, not thinking through the consequences of things. I mean, I think there's a... I've, seen a little bit of sort of growth in his character from the last story to this one i like that he's sort of stepping up and taking a a role and and you know saying well you know i can't remember exactly but at the beginning of uh, of the expedition is talking about well you know we need to convince these guys yeah and he says you know well we'll we'll turn them into you know with me to lead them he actually says with me to lead them that's what it was yeah mm -hmm. which is um you know, a, it, he, a far cry from "Let's just get the hell out of here." Right. To I can lead this mm-hmm. these people to to victory. And he, I, I wouldn't say he necessarily uh, follows up on that all particularly well, but mm-hmm. just the fact that he said it is is something. No, but he's using his mind, though. You see, the, you yeah. know, the one expedition mm-hmm. is going through the mountains, just trying to get to the city. Mm-hmm. But you know, he comes up with the idea of like yes. giving everyone mirrors and sort of like you know freaking out the mm-hmm. Daleks' surveillance system. And I appreciate that. That's that's what I like. What I don't like is the fact that he's so friggin' smug about it that he then gets them captured. <laughs> ah, well, the doctor's been smug in the past. He's like an eight-year-old. Yes. <laughs> like, he needs to take time to to say, see? See what I did? Are you looking, Mom? Are you watching? Are you watching? Did you see yeah. what I did? Did you see what I did? Yeah. Although, really, had he not gloated, they would have saved maybe three to four seconds. Fair the doubts were pretty close on him anyway, but now they're captured, and we end literally on a cliffhanger. Ah! <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I know. It, I did that thing where, like, at the end of it, I, I put my hands up to you my did. face. and I, I saw like, oh. it. It is confirmed. I would have honestly loved to have watched the next episode, but I am really tired. Also, it's titled The Rescue, so I'm not particularly worried. Yeah, they'll probably be okay. Um, and this is not to be confused with the story called The Rescue. <laughs> right. Which does not contain an episode called The Rescue. Does that one have named episodes it as does. well? It does. Yes, it does. Well, that's not confusing at all. Not at all. Welcome to 1960s Doctor Who. Welcome to 1960s Doctor Who. Yeah. All right, then. We should go to bed. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good night.